UK Healthcare, the power of advanced medicine, presents our doctor and med staff pod chats. This is UK HealthCast. Here's Melanie Cole. Since the reports of recent news about the First Lady having a kidney embolization procedure have come out, you might have wondered why or what that means for her health. My guest today is Dr. Stephen Stroop. He's the James F. Glenn Professor and Chairman of Urology at the University of Kentucky Healthcare. Dr. Stroop, before we start about embolization, give us a little physiology lesson. What do the kidneys actually do? Well, the kidneys are a very uh, vital organ. Uh, there are two of them, so uh, most people are born with two. Um, the kidneys uh, filter blood and uh, filter out a lot of the, the toxins uh, uh, in the blood, uh, and uh, the blood is filtered, and uh, the byproduct of that is urine. Uh, the, the filtering process of the kidney is, is critical, and if the kidneys fail, then, then often you need dialysis of some sort or a kidney transplant to, to help maintain those functions. Uh, the kidney has other issues. It also uh, regulates uh, blood pressure to some degree um, and uh, um, is, a, again, a very important structure. So what would someone notice as symptoms of kidney issues? Would they see something in their urine? We know we get in our blood test, you know, we get tests for certain urine issues. What would they notice? Would there be any symptoms or red flags? Well, I think if you think of it, there's really sort of two classes of things that go on with the kidney. And the first I would call medical renal disease. And so uh, diseases of filtering problems. And so if your kidney's not doing its job filtering, then a lot of those issues are going to show up in the bloodstream. So your creatinine level might be elevated. You might uh, also be spilling protein in your urine. Those are just a couple of things that, that can uh, lead one to a diagnosis of medical disease of the kidney. And then there are what I would consider uh, structural problems with the kidney, and, and that would be renal masses, um, you know, tumors, benign conditions um, that would um, uh, lead one to um, <clears throat> uh, uh, have, uh, again, a, a structural problem with the kidney. And a lot of times uh, those are asymptomatic. They're found incidentally. You, you may uh, stumble on them getting a, a CAT scan or an ultrasound for an entirely different problem, a stomach ache, let's say. Um, and so uh, if you were to have symptoms uh, from a structural problem like a, a mass or a tumor in the kidney, uh, they may range from the, the classic palpable mass or something they would feel or sense uh, to bleeding in the urine or, or pain on that side. So those would be three examples of, of ways it might show up. If someone does have a structural issue with their kidneys, does that necessarily dictate that it is kidney disease or no? Sometimes these things can just show up. Well, I think in, in terms of structural things in the kidneys, um, you know, they, they range. And I, I tend to have people think of things as a spectrum. On one end of that spectrum, think of a cyst, which is a, a thin-walled uh, uh, structure that contains fluid. So think of a water balloon. Um, and, and half the people in the country have cysts on their kidneys. There's no rhyme or reason. There are some genetic diseases that predispose you to those. But having a cyst or two is a fairly common thing uh, that most people just don't know they have. If you slide that scale all the way to the other, other side, <clears throat> then that would be a solid mass of the kidney. And, and those tend to be more concerning because uh, they, can, uh, they take a blood supply, they're a solid consistency, and a higher percentage of those are going to be uh, potential cancers or, or, or tumors within the kidney. So, so there's all sorts of things that happen, and the first thing we tend to do is, 
is figure out where on that scale they are and how much we may be concerned they could represent a tumor or just a, 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 a benign condition. So if you do determine that there is a benign condition, tell us a little bit about kidney embolization, whether you've diagnosed this, as you said, as an aside from some other test or there was a reason. Tell us a little bit about the treatment options available and why you might choose to do something like an embolization. So one of the, again, we don't have uh, records of, of, uh, of what uh, was done or why, but in general, um, if you have a, a condition in the kidney, a solid mass in the kidney, uh, one type of solid mass is a fatty tumor called an angiomyolipoma or an AML. And these tumors are, are growths, just like if you think of fatty growth under your skin, they can happen in the kidney and they tend to contain uh, a lot of uh, fat and also blood vessels and the blood vessels themselves uh, tend to be fairly fragile. So as those tumors get bigger, um, what happens is they are at risk to develop spontaneous bleeding, either from straining, lifting, or, or just you know, for no particular reason, uh, they can burst and, and bleed and, and cause problems that way. So for, for that condition, um, it's they're not necessarily cancers. Uh, what you, one of the reasons that we do embolization of those masses is because you can go in and embolize the blood supply component of that mass. It, it may not completely shrink away, but you decrease the risk of bleeding. So that would be one particular reason you would do an embolization of a kidney mass. Now tell the listeners, what is an embolization? How is that procedure done? Well, probably the most recognizable uh, uh, correlation would be, think of a heart catheterization. Um, so they'll, uh, the interventional radiology team, which is usually who would do this, would go in through one of the um, arteries or veins in, in the groin, and then they would slide up just like they were going to do a heart catheterization, except they stop and they turn and go into the kidney arteries, and they can inject contrast and, and get a roadmap, so to speak. Um, so we, we typically would do that for uh, um, a mass in the kidney, and you're trying to see, is there blood supply there, and can that be embolized? And if you're going to embolize it, they'll use a variety of things. They can use actual blood clot that they can mix up. They can use other particles to embolize or, or, or even coils, uh, essentially, to block the blood flow to that particular uh, mass or area of the kidney. Dr. Stroop, if you do embolize a kidney mass, what is the recurrent rate? Is Does it come back? Is this something that's permanent? And what is life like? Is it something for the patient that now they have to have checked? Are they more likely to have one come back? Well, again, it would really depend on why you're doing it. Um, there's other instances where you might embolize a mass in, in the kidney and uh, let's say there's one that you're worried is a, is a cancer and, and uh, you can embolize that mass. Now, generally, that doesn't reliably kill the mass. So if you're concerned it's a cancer and perhaps you're very debilitated and, and so forth, and you may choose to use that as a, a treatment consideration, um, that, that would be something that would clearly have to be followed and monitored. Um, for uh, a fatty mass like we discussed, the AML, generally you might monitor that from time to time generally to see if the if the mass is shrinking or going away or, or um, again, if you do a contrast-enhanced image to see if it still is taking up blood flow, uh, that might be a way you could monitor if it's developed additional blood vessels and so forth. So 
after an intervention like that, generally there'll be some sort of monitoring, but unless it's for a, a suspected cancer, you would probably just do something either once a year, every other year, and, and, and probably something not overly invasive. Wrap it up for us, Dr. Stroop. You know, people have been hearing about this now in the media, and they're not really sure what that means. And then people always, when they hear about famous people having these kinds of things, they think to themselves, what if it's me? How would I know? So give us your best advice on kidney issues in general and what you want the listeners to know about visiting a urologist or spotting some symptoms, looking at their blood work, that sort of thing. Well, I think that generally um, starting with good health is, is, a, is a good place to start. So making sure you're doing all of your health screening, seeing your physician regularly, uh, getting routine blood checks, getting the urinalysis as part of that physical. Those are basic things that most primary care physicians will do as part of a general health screening. And then everything sort of falls from there in, in terms of the subtle things such as abnormal blood work or, or um, you know, uh, findings in that regard. If there are certain symptoms that crop up, uh, persistent pain in the, in the kidney area, which is towards the back around the side, um, that would be something to ask their physician about. Uh, certainly anything that uh, um, uh, would be related to blood in the urine, uh, especially blood that doesn't cause pain or anything else, those would be things that you would want to bring to your physician's attention. And generally that would be something that would get referred to the urologist uh, for further workup. If in the course of that workup, you're found to have a, a mass on the kidney. And again, that could be a simple cyst, an atypical cyst, or something solid. That would generally get referred to the urologist for evaluation. And then a discussion about, A, is this something we need to be concerned about? And B, if it is, um, you know, what are the options for treatment um, you know, for a, a, an AML or a benign lesion, embolization might be something that is done. That would just be one of the, the treatment options in, the, in, in a spectrum. So I, I don't think they would need to be overly concerned about uh, needing a kidney embolization. They're usually fairly specific indications as to when they might need that, um, and, and it would be an option, uh, you know, as a treatment uh, for particular conditions like an AML. Thank you so much, Dr. Stroop, for coming on with us and sharing your expertise about this very interesting topic. This is UK HealthCast with the University of Kentucky HealthCare. For more information, you can go to ukhealthcare.uky.edu. That's ukhealthcare.uky.edu. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.